Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 308 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. You're sort of temporarily sitting in the slot where Bex would usually sit. So if you can accidentally poke your eye out with something or fall over something, that would be really useful. <laughs> well, I could put myself in a box or random cats could just show up on my lap. <laughs> yeah, that would work as well. <laughs> oh dear. So what have you been up to? It's been busy for me. Uh, I did the closed beta for New World, which is the first game that Amazon has actually successfully got to market, sort of. Uh, (laughs) They did a beta for it a few months back. It didn't get a very good reception, and they actually yanked it, retooled it, um, and they brought it back, so I was curious about it. It's very um, EverQuest 2 in terms of some of its visuals. Uh, Functionally, it's very good. It's what would fall under the, the category of low fantasy, so no elves, no dwarves, no magic, nothing really like that. Right. Uh, so you play, there's just one race, you're just humans. And you're on a ship going to the new world and you get sucked into a portal. The only real monsters that they've shown outside of, you know, normal animals is just kind of like this, their version of undead. Not really zombies, but kind of, they call it corrupted. Right. Um, it's there's no classes either. It's all weapon based. So you just find a weapon that you like and you use it and then you get skill points in that weapon. A lot of crafting, a lot of small stuff to do. Mm. Outside of that, game wise, I've been playing a lot of Medieval Dynasty, which is kind of a fun game as well. It's uh, early access. It's only a 0.6 version out right now. You basically play a kid whose uncle died and you kind of take over his land and it's it's kind of a survival-ish crafting game as well. Oh yeah, I've played um, a bit of that. Yeah, it was quite good fun. Just got a big update for that. Um, so I've been playing a bit more of that. TV-wise, I saw Masters of the Universe Revelation. Hard pass on that. Oh my God, is that just pure garbage? <laughs> it is absolutely terrible. It's interesting that it's really divided people. I quite enjoyed it, but I understand how some people really, really took against it as well. Because it, it's a He-Man series basically without he read in it it rewrites a lot of stuff and yeah I, I know there's been mixed reviews let's say to that <laughs> well the biggest problem that I had was just with the whole framing of it in the first episode a um, little bit of a spoiler-ish but you know the, uh, the episode opens up with Tila earning the rank of man-at-arms from the king and queen and then the whole attack on Grayskull happens and then she finds out that Adam is really He-Man mm. and for whatever reason that just sets her off 
gives like a double middle finger to everybody in the room and just BTFOs, which makes <laughs> no sense. And then the rest of the whole series is just trying to justify that position. Right. Yes, I could see what you say there. Yeah, that that maybe is a weird reaction for her to have to that. So I could sort of see that. I mean, I, I'm not a huge Masters of the Universe fan, particularly. I remember watching the cartoon when I was a kid and enjoying it. But I don't know that much of the sort of background and mythology and wasn't hugely into it as and as a sort of different take on it i kind of enjoyed it but um yes i can see why some people had issues with it as well yeah i mean and that's the thing is i wanted to like it i mean i'm not a huge he-man fan either i did watch the cartoon when i was a kid i remember the really terrible live action movie with dolph lundgren and cox (laughs) of all people yes um you could see that that's like so weird it's like they were they were clearly high when they wrote that movie um (laughs) but it's just i really wanted more of the universe in terms of you know character backgrounds and just none of it ever made sense it's halfway through at the moment they've got another six episodes to come which we'll see where that goes but whether it gets another season or not because it has been quite sort of as i say mixed the reaction to that so we'll see whether netflix decide to bring it back or not oh they'll bring it back they will. I mean, it's it's got Kevin Smith behind it. They'll give him another chance. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time Kevin Smith has had like things thrown out, but we'll see where it goes. But yeah, that kind of pretty much sums up what I've been taking an interest in. So for me, gaming wise, I've been back on Crusader Kings three a little bit and getting my ass handed to me kind of, you know, Crusader Kings basically is you can pick a ruler from pretty much anywhere across the known world at the time and And you start off with a ruler and the idea is that you sort of create and build a larger empire. I tend to play around the UK because, you know, we're around Britain and sort of start off with like a duke or a king around there and trying to build up my empire. And I'm fine with my initial ruler. And then you get to your sort of second or third ruler and just get my ass handed to me. So I've kind of given up that in frustration again for a bit. Started playing through Psychonauts because after talking to Matt about it, and I know the second one's coming out because I loved that game the first time I played through. So I've started playing through that again this afternoon and I'm actually really enjoying it. The graphics hold up. I mean, obviously it's not brilliant, but it holds up pretty well, the Steam release. You know, they've set it for widescreen and stuff. The only time you really see a problem with it is when it goes to the pre-recorded cutscenes because all the videos are kind of misshapen and stuff. But the actual gameplay of it works really solidly. It holds up very, very well. Um, So I've been really quite enjoying that. I've only played like an hour or so so far because I only started it again this afternoon. But that's, that's been really fun to play through that again. TV-wise, I finished The Clone Wars, finally. I've been trekking through all seven seasons of that. Have you watched any of this? I don't know whether you've watched the no, final No, I've not really season. followed up. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a casual Star Wars fan, but I haven't really delved into the deeper universe. Right. The Clone Wars, the final season, it's 12 episodes. First four episodes are introducing the Bad Batch, basically, which is what the new show is. So it's quite nice to see some of the background of that. The rest of 
the series pretty much is based around Ahsoka, which sort of makes sense because that's the one character which doesn't feature in the film universe and until sort of you get to the Mandalorian, it you know, hasn't featured on screen. So it sort of makes sense that they follow that story a bit because it's that split into two bits as well. So there's four episodes of The Bad Batch, four episodes which is sort of what Ahsoka's been up to, and then the final four episodes are constructed like a continuous sort of movie so it's split into four parts and very much ties into Revenge of the Sith so you're sort of following what Ahsoka was doing while the events of Revenge of the Sith were happening that is possibly one of the best bits of Star Wars I've ever seen. It's brilliantly put together. There's tension. I mean, there's heartbreak in it because, you know, obviously Revenge of the Sith doesn't end in the happiest place. So it, it's really, really well constructed. And the final shots are just some of the most epic stuff I think they've done in the Star Wars universe. I would love to see more live action stuff from Dave Filoni, uh, who's obviously the mastermind behind this and one of the two sort of masterminds with John Favreau behind The Mandalorian. And I would love to see him get his hands on a like full-blown film or something. I mean, that's the person, you know how they've got Kevin Feige running Marvel you almost want Dave Filoni to be doing the same job for Star Wars at this point and building that interconnected universe. I think he would be superb at managing that because he's such a nerd about the whole thing and the stuff that he's put out has been absolutely brilliant. So if you've not watched The Clone Wars, I would go through it. The first few seasons are a bit sort of story of the week and as it grows and gets into the later seasons, it becomes longer and longer story arcs and delves deeper and deeper into things but that final season is is just brilliant i mean i'm sure most star wars fans have probably watched it at this point but it is well well worth watching if you uh, haven't caught that yet the other thing I'm still working through at the moment, Outer Banks Season 2, about halfway through that right now, maybe a bit further. I'm very much enjoying that. It's a wonderful, fun teen adventure series. And they're on the hunt for another treasure, basically, in the second season. Sort of resolve some of the stuff from the first season and then they end up hunting for a different treasure. That's been really fun, but I won't do a full review of that till I've kind of gone through the entire thing. The other big thing I watched this week is The Suicide Squad. Have you caught this yet? I have not. At some point, I'm going to probably renew at least for a month my HBO Max subscription just yes. because uh, I don't know about it in the UK, but here in the States, going to the movies is expensive. Like yes. Just with the ticket and taxes alone, it's basically $15 to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And then you get easily 30, 45 minutes of commercials and previews before the movie even starts. So yeah. it's literally cheaper for me to get a month of HBO Max, watch Suicide Squad, rewatch the three seasons of Young Justice, which I highly recommend, by the way. <laughs> um, then just go to the movie. So I'll probably do that sometime within the next week. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I do plan on seeing it. I'm a huge Margot Robbie fan. I have absolute the most respect for her and the amount of work she went into being Harley Quinn. Yeah. There's a lot of other movies that she's been in that are really interesting. The one where she's an assassin with Mike Myers. Um, it's an old one. It's something that you can, I, I saw it's called terminal. Right. Okay. A, 
So that was back in 2018. So definitely check that one out as well. Cause it's got a ton of people you would recognize. It's got Simon Pegg. It's got Mike Myers, just a lot of people in it. Oh yeah. Dexter Fletcher in there as well. What an interesting cast that is. Yeah. I'll have to go check that out. Um, the Suicide Squad though, I'm not going to spoiler anything for it. Cause I know there will be a lot of people that haven't been out and seen it. It's very much a James Gunn film. It's incredibly violent, but uses the violence to great comedic effect throughout it. We start off with Rick Flagg leading this team. Notably, there are a number of characters which we knew were in the film that weren't a part of that team. So obviously things happen with them. We know what who the big villain is because we've seen it in the trailer. Starro is the character that we know they end up facing at some point. It's big, it's explosive, it's got a bunch of really fun jokes in it I really enjoyed it it's not heavy thinking in any way shape or form but it's just great fun I think Viola Davis is great as Waller she's back in this as well John Senna's Peacemaker I think is a fantastic character and pairs very very well with Idris Elba's character as well and uh, obviously having Harley Quinn back in is always great and yeah, Margot Robbie is is just wonderful in this um, there's stuff like they've managed to sort of pull in some really interesting kind of lower level less well known characters like Polka Dot Man who fires Polka Dots at people and actually make it look really really good because something like that shouldn't work but it does you've got King Shark in there and he does a wonderful job of making King Shark this somewhat sympathetic character which you wouldn't have thought is possible but it works I thought a very very well put together silly dumb fun film I think it's totally worth watching I know Matt had a very different opinion on this and was kind of not as impressed as I was but I really really enjoyed it I think it's well well worth going to watch definitely there is a post credit scene as well which is quite fun so that's worth going to uh, stick around for if you're um, watching it in the cinema there is a post-credit scene right at the very end. It's kind of weird thinking about how the Marvel universe trained us to wait for the post-credit scenes because that really wasn't even a thing until the Iron Man movie came out. Yeah, I know. I know. Now they all kind of have it. It's uh, very strange. That... And it's more weird when they don't have it. Yeah, it was like after uh, Endgame and there wasn't one and people were like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I understand why there wasn't one after our game because it was sort of the end of that part of the franchise, but you sort of expect it, you know? It's like a bit weird. But um, the post-credit scene is kind of fun. I enjoyed that as well. And um, yeah, I do wonder the relationship between James and Sean Gunn must be really interesting because it's it's like we need somebody to play a weasel. Who do we use? <laughs> you know. Well, see, the weird thing is, is I'm way more familiar with Sean Gunn because I'm a big fan of Gilmore Girls. And yes. he has a recurring character on that show. Yes, I remember Sean from Gilmore Girls as well. I love that. And uh, James sort of popped up afterwards as this big kind of director but yeah I knew Sean as well beforehand so it is funny seeing that like he's become the bigger name out of the two of them now that's the Suicide Squad uh, it is out in cinemas now in the UK uh, obviously we don't have HBO Max over here so you can't go and watch it on HBO Max but it is out in cinemas if you want to go and watch it and uh, it is definitely worth going to see that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news <laughs> 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations this week after having two weeks of no cancellations. They're both from places that don't cancel that many things, actually. Little Voice has been cancelled by Apple after one season. I think that's the first original show Apple have actually cancelled. I mean, somebody had to be, I guess. But uh, yeah, so that, that's been the first one that's uh, gone off the Apple originals. That's Little Voice. And then Panic, which was a young adult drama I think Daryl was talking about a few weeks ago that has been cancelled after one season over at Amazon as well. So uh, those two shows won't be coming back. We did get quite a few renewals this week. Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is the sort of spiritual continuation of The Clone Wars, that is being renewed for a second season, which I don't think is a great surprise to anybody. Tuka and Bertie, which is the Adult Swim animated series, that has been renewed for a third season. The Shy has been renewed for a fifth season on Showtime. I've been calling that The Chi because that's how it's written, but it's apparently it's called The Shy because it's based in Chicago. That's The Shy. That's been renewed for season five on Showtime. Physical has been renewed for a second season on Apple TV. Mighty Ducks Game Changers has been renewed for a second season on Disney+. And South Park, slightly more than a renewal, really. Trey and Matt have signed a massive new deal with Viacom CBS. So that means that the show will be around on Comedy Central until 2027. And it also means that they're going to be making 14 South Park movies for Paramount Plus. So that's basically two movies a year until 2027. Uh, They estimated, they haven't actually officially announced the deal, but the estimated cost of the deal was $900 million. So I hope you're a South Park fan because... (laughs) I'm familiar with them. I haven't watched them in a long time, but uh, I do respect the hustle. I mean, if you can get paid that kind of money, go for it. Yeah. Um, As for the rest of them, uh, Little Voice and Panic, never heard of it. I don't have Apple Plus or anything Apple related outside my phone. Shy actually is because a slang term for Chicago is Shy Town. So that explains that. Mighty Ducks, you know, saw the movies when I was younger. Haven't seen this show. Is interesting. I hope that uh, the goalie from Mighty Ducks 2 gets on the second season. Have you heard his story? No. He actually fell hard into substance abuse. Like if oh. you Google his mugshot and look at him from the movie and look at his mud shot, you would lose all your money betting that that was not the same person. Wow. It is a radical, radical transformation. A couple months ago, he just passed through rehab. He's clean and sober. He was actually at a courthouse getting his uh, paperwork, you know, photo op with the judge and whatnot for being clean and sober and through all that. He looks much better, but Good. wow, did he fall hard? I mean, it's, Shocking. Yeah. Those child stars, it's so sad the amount of them that unfortunately fall victims to things like that. And a lot of them don't come out the other side. So yeah. I'm I'm glad he's managed to pull his life back together. It would be great if, you know, even if it's just as a cameo, if they could get him onto the yeah. second season. Um, I mean, not I, even child stars, a lot of the Holly like 
Robert yeah. Downey Jr., biggest name in Hollywood for a long time. He was persona non grata. In fact, there were yeah. several movies that he didn't get paid until after he was done filming it because he was so notorious for just being on a bender and never finishing anything. Yeah, no, I mean, that was one of the things which there was issues with getting him hired for Iron Man. I mean, if it wasn't for John Favreau kind of pushing for him, you could have had somebody else's Iron Man because the studio really weren't happy about the uh, the idea in the first place. So it, mm. it, it took a lot of, uh, and, and that was even after him being kind of sober for a few years. But yeah, I mean, he had a very rocky ride in the middle and, you know, went to jail and all that sort of stuff. He, yeah, he was the perfect bit of casting when it came to it. You know, he was exactly mm-hmm. the right person you want. There are a number of people we've lost through drug abuse, even the, the older ones as well. I mean, it is a real shame when that happens. I'm just very, very glad that he, he's managed to turn his life around because uh, that's a tough thing to do. So yeah, hopefully we'll see him in season two. That would be nice if they could kind of reward his his efforts with a, at least a cameo, if nothing else. In terms of pickups, we've got Code 404, season two of that now as a premiere date, 1st of September. That was the Danny Mason, Stephen Graham cop comedy where uh, Danny Mason's character had been killed in the line of duty, but is brought back as a sort of robotic AI that is back on the 1st of September on Sky Comedy. And now that airs on Peacock in the US, I think. American Horror Stories and American Horror Stories double feature of both sort of got air dates. American Horror Stories Wednesday the 8th of September on Star on Disney Plus in the UK and Ireland and American Horror Story Double Feature will premiere in October they haven't said an exact date for that but that's coming in October on Disney Plus in the UK and Ireland Annoyingly, they're out in the US, I think now, or coming very soon in the US, both of those. And annoyingly, they run later on Disney Plus in the UK. The reason I believe for that is to stop you people in America turning on a VPN and being able to access the star adult bit of Disney Plus and basically then not having to subscribe to Hulu. So I think it's a way of screwing over you guys. than anything else because obviously if it went out next day on star over here why would you pay for a subscription to fx and hulu because star in the uk is where they put all the fx and hulu shows and we don't pay any extra for it than we do for a normal disney plus subscription so i think that's probably the reason why they delay it which is kind of unfair to you and it's unfair to us but that's how they decided to do it We've also got Cobra Kai season four that's coming in December on Netflix. Doogie Kamakola MD, that is the new version of Doogie Hauser, which is set in Hawaii. And that's uh, coming Wednesday, the 8th of September on Disney+. Plus. A couple of other things. Stranger Things isn't coming until 2022 for its fourth season, they announced this week. And also the Lord of the Rings series has been given a premiere date, but the premiere date is Friday the 2nd of September 2022 on Amazon Prime worldwide. And that's probably got to be the longest out air date I've seen in a very, very long time, I would have said. Anything in there that's interesting? Well, I'm a huge fan of Cobra Kai. I grew up on those movies. I think the, the show, I'm very 
very happy that Netflix picked it up because that was originally a YouTube Red or whatever they called their paid service. Yes. And they picked it up and did season three. Very good. Also, uh, as a side note to that, Cobra Kai star uh, Zolo, I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name because I know I'm going <laughs> to screw it up, uh, was cast as Blue Beetle for the Blue Beetle movie coming up. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah, there is a Blue Beetle movie coming. It's the Jamie Reese version of Blue Beetle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, are they are they doing both or are they just forgetting that Ted Cord existed and just doing... Well, it's part of the, the canon of the DC universe is that there's been multiple Blue Beetles. If you go, when I mentioned earlier, the uh, Young Justice, they actually had a Blue Beetle who Ted Cord died in an explosion and the Beetle got thrown out and then took him. Right now, there's not a whole lot known about the movie. It's listed... Uh, Angel Manuel Soto is the director with uh, Gareth Dunn Alcorser, I think. No, <laughs> as the writer, but it's literally just the writer, the director, and Solo as Blue Beetle. Right. Okay. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of part of the canon for the the comic book series is that there's just a different person that dons the mantle of Blue Beetle. So yeah, I was just wondering whether we are actually going to see somebody play a Ted Cord in that, and whether they're going to sort of kill him off, and that's how you introduce the new Blue Beetle or whether you're going to have a sort of mentor relationship because I think they've run it that way in the comic books at times as well where there's been two of them or you've had like, you know, because I know they're both, Jamie Reese and Ted Cord have both been in the comic books and I think they've been in at the same time in some places as well. So I think the Jamie Reese version probably makes sense to go with that version, but it'll be interesting to see whether the story goes directly for that or whether they do put Ted Cord in there as well and connect it in that way as sort of an older Blue Beetle as well, because that'll be an interesting bit of casting. It's so early in the stages yet that there's really not anything outside of the fact that, you know, he's clearly on his way up in terms of, you know, the acting roles. Yeah, I'm thinking more, you know, maybe they run it more like the sort of Ant-Man movies where mm-hmm. you've got sort of older retired one and then you have the younger one he's the actual sort of guy but that's going to be an interesting one to see that good on him for landing that role because that should be quite good I want them to do a Booster Gold movie as well that's the other thing I really really want I vaguely-ish remember that script floating around yeah. just because there's a retired pro athlete in the city that I live in that's infamous for just being you know wacky fun and he actually tried to buy that script a while back back in <laughs> 2017 because he wanted to cast himself as Booster Gold. <laughs> and I think it was only, it was for scripts, it was kind of cheap. I think it was like 100 grand at the time. Wow. Yeah, that is cheap for a script, particularly a DC one. That would have been, uh, yeah, interesting. I'm kind of, I, I do hope that they bring Booster either. I would love to see a Booster TV show or a, I think that's a character that could work really, really well either on TV and film. Yeah. And you can actually see that athlete now. He's actually uh, the color commentator for WWE SmackDown. <laughs> right. So that, that's kind of his personality. He's he's infamous for being getting drunk and then buying stupid crap. He actually has a building on his property that he calls the barn of bad decisions. Um, <laughs> and included in that is a vehicle that was supposed to be able to go on the land and the sea. Yeah. And he sunk it. <laughs> and he got drunk and bought a pro wrestling ring and he didn't even remember it until the semi truck showed up at his house and he got handed the invoice and you can, you can bleep out the swearing if you have to. And it said on the invoice, Pat, 
Mother McAfee. <laughs> Good dude. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, yeah. he's got a charity. He runs a business. He's super yeah. popular yeah. in some circles on the internet. But oh, he sounds like a fun guy. I will have to go and look him up. That's awesome. Well, yeah, Lord of the Rings series is that that one that kind of interests you. <laughs> I'm I'm over Lord of the Rings. It was fun for a while. The third movie took literally an hour to end. Like you literally could have chopped off the last 45 minutes of that movie and made no difference whatsoever. It does end like four times that movie. You know, they, they kind of I you know literally was at the movie theater thinking it ended and then stood up and then cuts to the next scene. I'm like, I literally sat down, I'm like, you kidding me? <laughs> It does. It does. It's got so many false endings, that film. It's ridiculous. But I mean, the TV series, you know, we don't know exactly what it's about other than we know it's set way, way in the past because it's set in the second age. The catalyst is ridiculously long for it. But I'm quite interested in that because, I mean, the amount of money they're throwing at that is basically the most expensive TV show ever made. So for that reason alone, I think it's got to be worth a look, at least. I'm not entirely sure about this Doogie Kamakola MD thing. I mean, there's a certain charm to the original Doogie Hazard, but I, yeah, I, I'm not entirely convinced by that. And the American horror things I kind of dropped off a while ago, and then horror's not hugely my thing, but uh, it is quite funny getting American horror on Disney Plus in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those are both coming as well. On to other news stories. CBS Viacom have decided they're going to launch Paramount Plus in the UK and a few other European countries as well. They've actually partnered with Sky in the UK. So if you have Sky Cinema, you will get Paramount Plus for free. That's great if you've got a Sky Cinema subscription. That only means if you've got a Sky Cinema subscription on Sky, it doesn't include Now TV, apparently apparently, because I think you can get Sky Cinema subscription through Now TV, and it's apparently not with that. It's just if you've got it on Sky. So we are getting Paramount Plus. However, there is a slight caveat to that because they listed some of the shows that were coming and they're talking about some of the Showtime series and some of the Paramount Plus originals. So like Halo, The Offer, iCarly. They've mentioned the Showtime things like The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is a new series coming, the American Gigolo series, Camp Coral, SpongeBob, The Under Years, Star Trek Prodigy is going to be on there, MTV Unplugged, plus a whole... wave of movies and stuff like the Mission Impossible series and the Transformer franchise and that. However, one of the key things they're missing is most of the Star Trek shows, as far as we can tell. So no Star Trek Discovery, no Star Trek Picard, no Star Trek Strange New Worlds even wasn't even mentioned in the press release. Why Women Kill, The Good Fight, which are both the other big Paramount Plus originals, they've also already been sold to other people because obviously over in the UK, Discovery runs on Netflix, Picard runs on Amazon. Strange New Worlds, as far as we know, doesn't have a home right now. Uh, Good Good Fight is on More For, Why Women Kill is on Alibi. So they're all in different places in the UK. And because they're already sold to broadcasters, it looks like they're not going to be on Paramount Plus, which given they're your kind of big major draws, you would think, that seems a little weird. Whether Viacom CBS will look to wrestle those rights back onto Paramount Plus once it launches, I don't know. But that seems to be the situation right now. Uh, it also extends the Viacom CBS and Sky deals. So that means that we're keeping Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, and all the other Viacom CBS channels that are in the UK will carry on that carriage deal over here as well. We don't know exactly what's going to be on it other than the few shows that they've actually mentioned. But um, have you got access? 
access to Paramount Plus. I don't know what else runs on it in the US. Well, actually, it's it's actually even weirder here in the States. Anything that goes through CBS is a paid service for anything on demand. You can watch literally the show that week. So, you know, it, it airs on broadcast. And then for the next six days, it's available for free through their website or their app. And then after that, you have to have the paid service for anything. And then the Picard shows, those were 100% only paid service. So, yeah, I don't know what else is exclusive as a Paramount original in the US. I don't know whether there's any other big shows, but to me, the big original shows really were the the Good Fight, Why Women Kill and all the Star Trek series, none of which it appears are actually going to be on it when it launches over here, which is a little strange. Because they had the Twilight Zone, but they cancelled that after a couple of seasons. There's not that many things on there. I'm just looking to see whether they've got any upcoming shows. Upcoming, yeah, okay. So Strange New Worlds, Halo, that alleged Criminal Minds series, although one of the stars tweeted that last week that she actually thinks that that revival series isn't going to happen. There's a thing based on the Italian job, something based on Fatal Attraction, something based on Flashdance, something based on Love Story. They've basically gone through their movie catalogue, I think, and decided to make a bunch of TV shows out of it. There's the Frasier revival, Grease Rises the Pink Ladies. There's that supposed to be coming. Fairly Odd Parents series. So, I mean, there is some interesting stuff maybe coming up. But for me, the big draw at the moment is the Star Trek series, and they're not going to be on there, which is a little weird. I'm looking at up here for what I can get access to if I signed up. Um, it's listing six channels. So it's CBS, obviously. Weirdly, BET, which I didn't even know was part of that partnership. Yeah. Uh, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, MTV, and the Smithsonian Channel. Right. But yeah, I mean, nothing that would attract me to pay eight bucks a month for it. Um, <laughs> Sports-wise, they have broadcast rights for Champions League, Europa League, and a couple of college sports, which are actually pretty huge over here in the States. I don't know if yeah. you've ever been to a college event over here. Um, some of them massive. Yeah, like, I know college football is a huge thing over there. Uh, huge doesn't even begin to describe it. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's three college university stadiums that I could think of off the top of my head that regularly pre-COVID sold out over 110,000 seats. Like <laughs> every time. Yeah. It's that big. Yeah, that's crazy. It's weird because you kind of would have thought that they must have had this idea of launching Paramount Plus internationally. They must have had this idea in their head for a while. So why were they selling off all their huge shows that are on the draw for the service? Why were they selling them off to different networks internationally? It seems a little strange as a thing to do that. But then the same thing happened with Peacock as well, because last week we got told that we were getting Peacock over here. But out of the original shows that are on that, Dr. Death has already been sold to Stars Play over here. Brave New World we've already seen. We've got the Dan Brown series, I think he's coming on there. There's not really that much else on there. There's a, a comedy called Girls 5 Ever, Rutherford Falls, Punky Brewster, Saved by the Bell. So there are a few sitcoms on there. But again, I vaguely-ish remember Punky Brewster back in my childhood. <laughs> I, I know the name, sort of. And the other thing I believe that Peacock runs in the US is the WWE, I think. I 
been told that he's on Peacock? It, that I don't know. I think there's two big WWE shows that make it to air. There's Raw and there's SmackDown. SmackDown broadcasts on Fox. Right. And I think Raw is on USA Network. It was at one point. I don't know if it's still there. Honestly, I haven't watched it in forever. So Peacock Premium, it has all the live WWE pay-per-view events, apparently. So the WWE Network, it seems to be. So it's like WrestleMania and stuff. Yeah, WWE has its own paid channel as well. So WWE Network is on Peacock now, by the sounds of it. As long as you've got Peacock Premium. That seems to be the from what I'm reading now. I rather suspect that that won't come across here because I suspect WWE have other deals internationally. So there's even things like that aren't going to be part of it when that lands. It's one of those weird things where we, we're starting to get streaming services kind of in name only. And I mean, we are getting the back catalogs because I mean, there's, they're saying there's like 3,000 episodes of Cube content, 500 movies on Paramount, 2,500 hours of other shows from Paramount Plus Originals, CBS and Showtime. And so there's going to be a whole interesting bunch of box sets on there, which is fine and great. You know, they're doing that. But it's weird that the flagship stuff or what I would consider the flagship stuff like the Star Trek things aren't going to be on there and I find it even weirder that Strange New Worlds which is the one that they haven't announced going anywhere else isn't on there either so either somebody's already bought that or that will be one of the announcements they make when they launch it I don't know it's weird that out of the big Star Trek shows, they haven't made any reference to them at all in the press release. So we'll have to wait and see what we get. And uh, I don't know exactly when that's uh, launching. I think um, 2022, they've said that that will launch, but we don't know exactly when yet. It's weird to think that that's a lot closer than mentally I can picture it. Yeah, because I know. 2022 is five months away. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. what? This year seems to it. How weird August. This is just so weird. Peacock is launching over here on the first of September as well which I think 1st of September they said sometime in September and we're getting some changes to the Sky Channels as well which definitely are launching 1st of September so it will be around all the same time I think when we get all those changes to UK TV Moving on to some specific shows, Law and Order Organized Crime has added two Joneses to the cast. No offense to either of them, but very different ends of the acting scale, I think it's fair to say. We've got Ron Cephas Jones and Vinnie Jones joining the cast. So uh, Ron Cephas Jones, you'll probably know from This Is Us. He is uh, joining the cast as a congressman, a born politician who fosters connections and always plays his cards right. He is probably best known for his own winning role as William Hill in This Is Us. He's recently starred in uh, Lisa's Story and Truth Be Told for Apple TV as well. Vinnie Jones, of course, a lot of British people will know as a footballer turned actor. He is playing, as you kind of might expect, a gangster. He's an Eastern European gangster in this. Last remaining member of an organisation from the old country, probably best known for first appearing in Lockstock and he's appeared in a whole bunch of other like. 45 films, believe it or not. We've appeared in Snatch, X-Men The Last Stand as well, where he played Juggernauts, and he's popped up in Arrow and The Cape and Elementary and a whole bunch of other TV shows as well. Just to say, Vinnie Jones, bless him, does what he does very, very well, but he's not exactly known for his range, I don't think. So I, a gangster, I think, is exactly the sort of thing I would expect him to play. Rob Cephas Jones, I think, is a wonderful actor, so uh, I'm glad to see him joining it. Do you watch any of the Laura Orders? It's not really something that I've been keeping up 
with. There's too many of them at this point. No, I haven't watched any of them for a really, really long time. I actually do remember Vinnie Jones back in 2004's movie Euro Trip. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yes, yes. He I had have. a really funny part in that one as well. So. Yeah, played a football hooligan. Yes. Yeah, real stretch for him. But yeah. You know. <laughs> yes. um, that's a movie you should definitely check out just because it has so many bizarre cameos that come out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the main main cast of uh, Jacob Pitts and Michelle Trachtenberg and Travis Wester is cool, but uh, Kristen Couric pops up, Matt Damon pops up, yeah, Benny Jones obviously pops up, ton of people. But it's from that same directors for like the American Pies and movies like that. So that's kind of the vibe that you would get from it. Yes, it has the infamous Scotty Doesn't Know song. Oh, that's uh, hilarious Scotty, song. Which is just hilarious. The lead character getting dumped by his girlfriend at the start of the, the movie. It is a very, very funny film. I really enjoyed that movie. It's uh, very good. But yes, Vinny pops up in that as a uh, football hooligan as they're traveling around Europe, I seem to remember. As a Manchester United hooligan. So. Yes, there's very fun that film but uh, yeah so um, they are both popping up in Law and Order Organised Crime season 2 so if you've been watching Organised Crime which is just starting to run on Sky Witness over here that is well worth keeping an eye out for the last bit of news we've got for today Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist looks to be potentially another one of the NBC cancellations which could be getting a rescue there is news that dropped out this week that um, there is a holiday movie being planned by Roku for those of you that are not aware of Roku, a lot of you will have access to it and may not have realized because it, it's available as an app on Sky. And um, they actually have all the old Quibi shows on there. And there was some really good content on Quibi. It was uh, just not worth paying for. But the shows themselves were actually really good. But Roku bought all the old Quibi stuff and uh, you can actually get the Roku channel as an app on if you go through Sky Q. And uh, it's on Now TV as well. And if you've got a Roku stick, which is a you know, one of the sort of now streaming stick type things. If you've got one of those, you can find it on there. They are starting to get more and more into original programming. And one of the things that they've looked at picking up is a holiday Christmas movie for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So uh, the deal's still being finalized. It is not actually all signed yet. But they basically said that uh, if they can get everybody back together for a Christmas movie, if that all works and goes down really well, they potentially might make a third season. As I said, it's not locked. And, you know, I've seen a few things saying, oh, it's renewed. It's not renewed at the moment. They haven't actually locked anything down yet. But um, that is quite hopeful. So that's kind of interesting because out of all the shows that NBC cancelled, there were four. Two of them now look like they've been rescued by other people or possibly being rescued by other people. We'll have to see. But uh, I'm very happy about this because I really, really liked Zoe's. We're still waiting for the second season here, which hasn't gone out yet. The first season was wonderful. Do you watch this? I, I have not. I know uh, Matt is a huge fan of it. So Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was beautifully put together. And I mean, that although it is essentially a musical comedy, that first season has some brilliantly heartbreaking moments in it and just so well constructed. So I'm really interested to see what happens with the second season. I mean, it, what's 
weird is they had the option to move that onto Peacock at NBC and they decided that they weren't going to do it. I find it very strange what they decide to pick up and what they decide to cancel on network TV in the US. Mm-hmm. Anything gone this year that you've really missed? No, not really. I mean, I it, it's kind of weird right now because obviously COVID completely turned filming schedule up on its head. Um, right now, there's not anything new coming out because they just don't want to compete against the Olympics, mm-hmm. which is ironic because the Olympics are having a 33-year low in terms of ratings. Yeah. I can't imagine why. Gosh, <laughs> that's so strange as to why that's happening. Um, I really was hoping that they would actually do that spinoff of Arrow in the future with all those characters they introduced and basically yeah. set up that show and then failed to do it just because those are really interesting ways to take those characters. But no, I mean, the only thing that I really kind of miss is the good place, but I respect that that was their story. They were, they had written out their story and they were just going to do it. They weren't going to needlessly drag it along like they did with lost. Mm. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's about it really. We starting to get some, new stuff we're in the same sort of situation of like you know a lot of things aren't launching at the moment because of the olympics but we've we're coming up to sort of september and a lot of stuff starting and we've got this uh change going on with sky with like i say we've got things like peacock launching and then a bunch of shows that they've picked up in sort of out of nbc as well so we've got things like young rock coming and mr mayor which was the new ted danson sitcom which is i think is tina fey i think it's the 30 rock guys behind that so we've got that coming as well so you know we have got some sort of new stuff popping up but the Arrowverse thing is I find really interesting because the Arrowverse seems to have slightly lost its way after they did that Crisis on Infinite Earths events and then they've been losing shows left right and centre and they just seem like a bit directionless right now whereas they seem to have it all together previously but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know whether I don't know whether they're trying to sort of shut them down and move everything across onto HBO Max maybe I don't know what it is but well I never understood why they renewed Batwoman just because the ratings tanked so hard yeah and then the, the lead actress leaves they replace her with somebody else the ratings tank even harder and then they renewed it for a third season it <laughs> makes no sense I know it's very weird it's strange that like they had other spin-offs in the works as well and mm-hmm. there was a spin-off from Black Lightning and that isn't moving forward and there's been other things which like you say like Green Arrow and the Canaries and they didn't pick that up and so it's odd whereas I thought Superman and Lois I think they've done a great job with that show but totally it's completely different to everything else that they've done yeah I I am a big fan of that show in just that they focus more on the family than superpowers yeah but it's shot differently as well I mean it doesn't Mm. look like any of the other shows it seems like it's a completely different quality level to all the others and they've completely danced around John Diggle being a Green Lantern for like five episodes now. Either do it or don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't got Superman and Lois over here at the moment, and, uh, but I know that was part of the storyline that they were going to. Uh, I hadn't realized they still hadn't revealed one way or another, but yeah. Well, at the end of the Arrow show, they show him picking up a glowing green object. Yes. And if you go back to the Arrow episode where his stepfather, played by Ernie Hudson, is in it, his stepfather's last name is uh, Stuart. Yes. So technically that would make him John Stewart. Yeah. Which is obviously a Green Lantern. 
So they've kind of danced around it. They haven't like officially said it, but he pops up in an episode of Flash and kind of talks about it. And then he pops up in an episode of uh, Clark and Lois. Right. Okay. I have to stop myself from saying Lois and Clark because then I remember the Dean Kane, Terry Hatcher kind of campy <laughs> yes, show. Yeah. But yeah. But they never officially say it, say it. That is, they really orbit around it. I wonder, because there is supposed to be a Green Lantern series coming, I think, isn't there? Isn't there a... Well, I mean, obviously there was the crap movie with Ryan Reynolds that everybody's oh, yeah, embarrassed no, to being about. There is supposed to be a Green Lantern Corp series coming as well. So I do wonder whether they're kind of, you know, they set that up and then that series got announced and whether they're now sort of having to dance around it because they're not allowed to announce it or, or what, I don't know. Well, the thing with DCs and their lawyers and their IPs, it's so very bizarre. Like if yeah. you go back into the earlier season of uh, Arrow when they introduced the not Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, yeah. they actually had Harley Quinn in there as a silhouette, but they couldn't call her Harley Quinn. She, I mean, she had a speaking role in that, but they couldn't even say anything about it. So Yeah, I don't think it's so much a legal thing. It's more a case of they were absolutely adamant that they wanted to not use the characters on TV if they were using them on films at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. they lessened that a little bit with the sort of introduction of a TV Superman. I mean, well, that's also the other thing. I mean, it wasn't just a little bit they lessened it. I mean, they they then gave up one of the uh, Trinity to be able to use on TV. So it was sort of one extreme to the other. But I mean, having interviewed some of the cast from Arrow and they said, yeah, we, we were doing this Suicide Squad thing. We were all ready to go. We were setting it all up. And then we were basically told, shut that down. We're not allowed to do it. Whereas now I think generally they seem to be a little bit sort of less precious over it. But yeah, it is weird how they've kind of handled that. I mean, the biggest problem seem, at DC and Warner seems to be interference from bosses because it's the thing that screwed up the movies. It's the thing that's going to mess up some of the TV shows. And I think it's probably the thing that screwed up some of the Arrowverse as well. So be interesting to see where things move forward. It's just if they'd stop interfering with things and just let them get on with it, I'm sure it'd be a lot easier. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. We have uh, What If, which is the next bit of the Marvel MCU stuff. That is landing on the 11th of August on Disney+. Plus. This looks really good. I'm quite looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit bittersweet because uh, Chadwick Boseman did do some of the voices for T'Challa for the show. He never got to see the final product. They were just talking about that on Disney+, Plus as part of their Legends series. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of sad just because he was so iconic in that role and just to lose him to cancer is horrible but when you think about it that whole run from winter soldier on he was battling that and nobody knew yeah which was made it even more amazing um yeah but yeah i'll be curious to see i'm not that i know what if was a comic run a few times but i'm not that familiar with it so i'm going in fairly uh, uninformed so it'll be interesting yeah it's essentially it's it's an elseworlds idea of what if you take this character and you know you make Peggy Captain America or you T'Challa with Star-Lord I think you know so they're kind of switching things up and it takes certain events and like remixes them in a slightly different way 
way. It all comes out of the multiverse thing, which they are pushing towards for the next phase of the MCU. So I think that's going to be a really interesting series. But 11th of August for that, that's What If. Stargirl Season 2, that is landing on the 11th of August as well. That's coming to Amazon Prime over here. I think that's going out the day after it goes out on HBO Max in the US. So uh, I really enjoyed the first season of that. I'm quite looking forward to the second season. Matt and I covered it over at uh, Entertainment Talk. Kind of a weird casting with Luke Wilson and uh, um, can't think of his name now. The guy that played Joel Hale. Joel, is it? Joel McHale. Yeah. Joel McHale. Definitely weird casting. But I'm curious to see where they go with it. I like that show quite a lot. And they're introducing interesting set of uh, characters for the next season. So uh, really looking forward to that coming. And uh, I think that's going out, as I say, day after the US. So it's going to be going out weekly. Stargirl season two, 11th of August for that as well. Also on the 11th of August, Bless the Heart, which is a Fox animated series, I think, uh, mm-hmm. coming to star on Disney Plus in the UK. Follows a group of Southerners who are always broke and struggling for the American dream of status and wealth. It was cancelled after two seasons. Star are dropping the entire first season in one go and then are going to be running the second season out weekly starting in August. 11th of August for that. Next, we have Riverdale, which is back for the second part of season five 12th of august for that i dropped out of riverdale a long time ago but uh i mean i i'm hearing that they have aliens in it now make of that what you will but uh yes or those are the alien abduction or something that's 12th of august on netflix for riverdale season five part two flatbush misdemeanors coming to sky comedy on the 12th of august at 9 p.m comedians dan perlman and kevin islo starring as fictionalized versions of themselves in a new comedy series set in Flashbook Brooklyn. Why Women Kill, as we mentioned talking about earlier, that is season two coming to Alibi on the 12th of August at 9pm. That lands Slasher, Flesh and Blood season four. So that's the fourth installment of the Slasher horror anthology series. That's coming to Shudder, which is a uh, horror subscription service. That is on the 12th of August, that lands. Then we've got Star Trek Lower Decks season two. That comes the 13th of August on Amazon Prime, which I'm very, very much looking forward to because I really enjoyed the uh, first season of that. Heels, that's coming to Stars Play on the 15th of August. That's the new Stephen Amell wrestling drama, which we've been talking about on and off for a while. Stephen Amell and Alexander Ludwig play brothers in this sort of small town pro wrestling thing, which looks like it could be quite a good fun show. Chesapeake Shores back for its fifth season. That's on Netflix and that's on the 16th of August. Then we have The White Lotus, which is a uh, social satire that is coming up to Sky Atlantic on the 16th of August at 9 p.m. And then Mixedish, the uh, I think now cancelled spin off from Blackish. Season one of that lands on Star on Disney Plus on the 18th of August. You can watch that. That is everything we have for this week. If they want to find you on other shows, where can they find you? Well, you can find Matt and myself on various podcasts as part of Entertainment Talk. I don't really do streaming or YouTubing or anything like that. I'm a fairly private person. I don't feel the need to vomit my existence onto the <laughs> internet for every single thing, but I do like to podcast. I do like to geek out stuff. I'm fairly active on Bix's uh, Twitch channel. Uh, yes. You'll see me either making very bad puns or horribly trolling her with baby shark audio. <laughs> 
always worthwhile doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely worth it. Mentioning those other people, of course, Bex, you can go and find on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming daily. She's doing various evenings as well. Full-time Twitch streaming, raising a load of money for charity and uh, also making an idiot of herself, which she does to extreme perfection when she's not walking into doors or poking her eyes out with things or uh, sitting in boxes or whatever it is else she's doing that way. Or forgetting that she left her jump scare on, getting jump scared into the back of her uh, shelving (laughs) unit and having something give her a concussion from it falling on her head. (laughs) Of course. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Go and check Bex out over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. B-Y-T-E-S. Really, really funny and well worth watching over there. For Matt and for Robert, you can go and find them over at entertainmenttalk.org for loads and loads more podcasts, which uh, Matt, you know, some of them does solo, some of them I do with him, some of them Robert does with him. There's loads and loads over there, so go and check those out. And Daryl, you can go and find over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for news on all those TV series which you love, which are shot in Canada. If you want to find more about us, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website page. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.